There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Have you got a name for your autobiography? Uh, no. Joel with it, Rock and Joel. Um, it's all Grover now. Uh, it's all Grover now. They think now. it's all Grover. They think it's all Grover. <laughs> uh, it's a shame your surname oh, isn't no, Grover. If, if I ever won the Tour de France, then Biker Grove would be, oh. it, would be it. And when are you doing that? Uh, when am I winning the Tour de France? Yeah. 2026, mate. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'm just going to get really into drugs. Don't think <laughs> drugs. Yeah. Nice. I wonder how many drugs I would have to take seven. to be able to compete with seven drugs yeah, seven. immediately before racing. Yeah. When I was at uh, secondary school... Before I don't know if I told this story before, but before a cross country race, this is essentially this is this, you're doping still. Right? Yeah, this will, this will teach you the dangers of doping, right? <laughs> so listen up and listen hard. And you know, this is going to be as revealing of the sort of the, the doping scandal as um, Lance Armstrong's interview <laughs> on Oprah. And I want you to really push me on this, okay? Am I Oprah? You're Oprah Winfrey. Oh, lovely. And I am Joel Grove, former doping athlete. Great. So. I was pretty good at cross country at school. Not amazing, there, but we used to do house cross country every year where everyone in the year, all 140 or whatever it was, would run and yeah. you'd get ranked, you know. And I'd normally sort of scrape top 20 people, which I was pretty pleased with. That's all right, right? Yeah. That's a decent I'm happy percentile. Anyway, one year I thought, I need to give myself the edge. So before school at the corner shop, I bought those LucasAid energy tablets. Yeah. And I had all 16 of them before. No. Oh, mate, I was so quick off the start line and then yeah. I vomited at the first corner for about 20 minutes. And where did you place? <laughs> Didn't finish, mate. <laughs> DNF. <laughs> That's, and, that, and basically, I think that teaches us a lot about doping. Don't do it. Have, run an honest race. And I, it keeps me awake at night. <laughs> I didn't, who knows where I could have come. I was, in the pri- I was in my prime at that point. I was just tempted. Mm. I went in, you know, the guy behind the counter was waving him at me. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. You want some, he saw my gym bag. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, another, got another one in here. What? what is the point of those are you supposed to take a couple of those before yeah. sports well a couple of them they're just energy like they're just like hard just like a solid bit of glucose isn't it so yeah. really it is energy because it's sugar but I I thought well if one or two will slightly improve your performance you'll be 16 times time, better exactly mm. I thought why is no idiot doing this I, <laughs> all the time that's the logic I apply to most things yeah 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 Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory. It's the world's greatest user-generated movie creation 
podcast. The rules here at the Dream Factory are very simple. We've got them actually printed up on the wall. Yeah. No heavy petting, no bombing. And we can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage, where it'll be put forward for unpopular podcast at the 2025 Audio Oscars. I'm Joel, a man who puts the ass in asinine, and across from me is John Harris, a man who until last week believed the mayor of Harrogate was a nice and spicy knick-knack. I don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. Oh. You know how, like, a dog in South America will occasionally be the mayor of the town? I just thought, wouldn't it be funny if a crisp was the mayor of a town <laughs> in the north? I get it now. Yeah. I thought you were saying that, like, someone went, yeah, the mayor of Harrogate, and I was like, yeah, I'll have a pack. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like more... That sounds like drug chat. Um... The, uh, I've been to Harrogate. It's nice. I yeah. didn't have any knickknacks there. I don't know what my thinking was there. You know, I, look, I wrote this ten seconds ago. I was basically writing it as I was saying it. I don't. What you just heard was basically beat poetry. I don't want to dwell on this too long because it's not our story to share. Mm-hmm. But Joel and I have a friend who mm-hmm. recently, yeah, had an amazing win, an amazing victory. Yeah, he bought a pack of six knickknacks. Oh. Seven packs are in there, guys. Seven, unbelievable. Seven. Do you reckon someone at the factory thought I want yeah. to give someone a great day? Yeah. Would you do that sort of thing? If I worked in a factory? Yeah. Nah, stickler for the rules, mate. <laughs> Strictly six every time. Yeah. Same number of crisps in each bag. Yeah. The the best thing on telly is that show where Greg from MasterChef goes to big factories. You ever watched it? <laughs> no, I thought you can say where Greg from MasterChef counts crisps in packets well, and then I mean, uh, writes angry letters. Essentially, that's the programme. Oh, amazing. But not, nothing angry about it. Oh. He just he fucking loves it mate he loves factories <laughs> and every time he sees something in a big quantity yeah. he just laughs so like <laughs> yeah, I always accidentally find myself watching it for like 10 minutes and so he was at a fish finger thing the other day and he goes he's watching how fish fingers get made bird's eye fish fingers and he turns to the bloke in the cold store and he's like so how many fish fingers in it and the bloke goes about 150,000 he just goes <laughs> 150,000 like how many fish fingers do you think there are in a factory that makes fish fingers always does it always does it there's one where he's like a sweet factory and they're making I don't know if it's like flumps or something and he's like how many flumps the bloke's like I don't know we make about half a million flumps and he just honestly he has the biggest grin and he just laughs at the idea of half a million flumps it's the most beautiful innocent thing you've ever seen he honestly just goes 150,000 fish fingers and the bloke's like yeah it's just my job do you think it's just the size, the, like the number that's I think exciting. he tries just to, to imagine them and he can't, <laughs> like his brain can't, because he's probably only ever had maybe like four fish fingers at a time. But like, do you think if he did a documentary where like he was visiting a hospital and they were like, so how many people do you admit into this hospital every <laughs> year? Like, 50,000. Like, ah! He just loves big numbers. He, <laughs> he loves. Just, he can't get his head around numbers. I would watch Greg being, just going around seeing the big stuff. How many bees in this hive? <laughs> he loves it. He just loves it. <laughs> Should we do some anything? Films? Oh, any amount of anything over a hundred will make Greg from Marshall. I want to say, what's his surname? Wallace. Oh yeah, yeah. Greg. Wa- first film, Greg Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Well, that is really good. This one's from Matilda. Oh, cheers. The Born Ultimatumness, and they say two struggling movie franchises. David Brent hands. Ah, uh, I love someone actually. Someone did that in a meeting with me earlier. Did they? I, I just, I, I just went. <laughs> it's really hard. For the record, that's where you you have your two hands apart and then you make them join as if to say synergy. And actually, you need to do this with your face as well, like a shit eating, not grin, just no, a shit eating face. Yeah, a face, a face of a man eating shit. Um, yeah, someone actually did that in a meeting. I just couldn't hold it in. <laughs> Imagine people actually doing that in real life without having without being aware. Anyway, maybe it's like a power play from him. Like, make I'm you like, laugh yeah and then, he and then could, you look like an idiot 
cane me or something. I'm deadly serious. Yeah. I'm deadly serious about this synergy. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Anyway. Tumnus. The Born Ultimatumnus. The Born Ultimatumnus. So it's just a spy form. In Narnia. The Fawn Ultimatum. <laughs> Could have also there we go. That way we can get the trilogy out pretty easy. Perfect. Yeah. D- does a spy m- in Narnia. There yeah. are spies everywhere. Does Matt Damon wake up in Narnia? Uh, f- uh, with hooves. <laughs> no, Matt Damon wakes up with hooves in the real world. Oh, yeah. I like this. Yeah. So- and, they're, and they're like, and he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And he has to find out his real identity which mm. obviously is half fawn and it's the it's like a government experiment yeah they were trying to, to create a super army animal army yeah. animals of army an army uh, they were trying to create a super animal army and he was the first experiment and it went wrong and he like galloped his way out of the uh, testing lab and woke up on a boat that's what happens in the film isn't it yeah. he doesn't know who he is great and because I assume big goat legs are more powerful and they're very powerful kicking legs. and stuff yeah. and he's he can hide out on like the side of mountains and things. It's weird that in modern... Produces a delicious cheese. Absolutely. So he can eat that while he's on the run. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Because yeah. the interesting thing is, in a world where we have, like, you know, drones and guns and stuff, yeah. the military are thinking, we need more kicking power. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret to well, our military success. They didn't want to start with the big animals. <laughs> So oh, so you think the long started. play is like Rhino Man? Yeah, of course it is. You know exactly what I'm thinking. Get out of my head. <laughs> rhino Man. An army, an army of rhinos. It's so good. Isn't it? Carried to the battle zone by drones. <laughs> Which, although, what would a Rhino Man be? A man with a horn? I think, <laughs> I'm imagining, it's difficult. I'm imagining every element of it is still a rhino apart from the face. Which is human but still got and intelligent. Horn. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, without the horn, it's useless. It's just a big... Just a big... Big guy. It's a hippo. It, without a horn, it's a hippo. That's what and you're say. saying a hippo's useless, mate. Deadliest animal on the planet. Yeah. But if a human was a hippo, would it have the same sort of jaw? <laughs> or would it just be a little mouth? It's a normal human massive in every jaw. way. <laughs> it's a massive jaw. Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. White flag being waved straight away. That's the beauty of these animals. They very rarely have to go into conflict. Because they're the stuff of nightmares. Oh, this is mostly to terrify the it's opponents. Intimidation, yeah. They're the stuff of absolute nightmares. Like, if you walked a little hippo with a human face into, um, like, a questioning facility, they'd be like, just, I'm going to tell you anything. Don't let that thing anywhere near me. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. If one came in right now. And I'll tell you now. I bet it does at the end of the show. <laughs> but imagine now if one came in. <laughs> Don't throw your mind forward because who knows what <laughs> what human creature combo we'll, we'll throw to later in the show. But imagine if one came in, if a hippo with a human face came in right now, and there was a man in uniform leading <laughs> yeah. it, and he said, "I want to ask you some questions." You'd be like, "Ask me anything," wouldn't you? You wouldn't say, "I'm not speaking," because then it would growl at you. <laughs> yeah, it, probably. Yes. Well, I think, I think that's the answer to your question, Matilda. Was it a question? And then, so he finds out about the military thing, and he frees all the hybrids. Yeah. And they go... Isn't, that, isn't this an episode of The Mighty Boosh? Yeah. yeah. We are the mutant race. Don't look at my mouth. Don't look at my face. face it's probably yeah. not mouth. That no. would make no sense. It's probably mullet. <laughs> yeah, no. But he here's where we bring it back. Oh, good. Matt Damon also discovers the wardrobe. And oh, so... great. The mutants yeah. aren't welcome on our earth because we're judgmental, horrible, horrible people, right? Speak for yourself. Well, we are. But in Narnia, they're accepted in this utopia that is Narnia. Yeah, because they... Oh, so it's utopia Narnia. 
Yeah. We haven't got the... Not dystopian, aren't you? Snow Queen? No, she's Ice gone. Ice Queen. Long gone. Turkish Delight, is that still a thing? Turkish Delight's a thing. Weirdly, one Which, of the... That's, isn't it weird, right? No one's ever really yeah. spoken about this. How... You're going to break something wide open right now. <laughs> how about this? A little hot take. There, there are no major crossovers in, in culture between the world as we know it and Narnia, apart from Turkish Delight. <laughs> Readily available. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is weird. I think so. It's so handy that the thing Edmund can be corrupted by oh, is somehow yeah. readily Existence. available in Narnia. Isn't that weird? Mm, I think Imagine if it was like Mars Bar. You think they've popped yeah. out to get Turkish Delight? Yeah. You think Mr. Tumnus? No, who who would be getting it? It'd be one of the little help, like yeah, a yeah. terrifying um, helper of the Queen. One of the terrifying... He popped to your corner shop, got some <laughs> Lucozade tablets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Turkish Delight. How's that in Narnia? So strange. Uh, where do you sit on Tur- Turkish I, Delight? I, I eat it. It's really comfy. <laughs> I absolutely love Turkish Delight. I think it's incredible. Interesting. Massively, massively underrated treat. Uh, not in like not in Turkey. It's not. They love it. So it's like a it's roast, rose flavored. Oh, one of gum. them's rose. One of them's lemon. Oh, there's these days though, mate. I tell I tell you. Have you ever have you seen these little places that are popping up in stations? What Turkish Delight pop ups? No, but more and more there's more a lot a lot more prevalent in shopping centres and train stations I'm thinking Westfield and Liverpool Street oh yeah there's like a a shop yeah on the open plan bit it's not a fixed shop mate they've got so many flavours of Turkish Delight I'm talking about 15 to 20 flavours of Turkish Delight they also do lots of like little lots of dry fruits sweet pastries so you well, right? of sweet pastries it's not really what they deal in you're probably thinking of somewhere else you're thinking oh, of Greg's sorry. you're thinking of Greg's um <laughs> And they, they have loads, Greg's, right? yeah, yeah, it's Greg's. They have loads of. Uh, they probably just put Turkish delight in a bake. <laughs> There's nothing Greg's won't put in a bake. No, I've... there's no meal Greg's won't bake. That's a, that's a plot line, that's, isn't that's it? The, that's that's just no, because it's their slogan. Human. But, oh, they're cooking humans. They're cooking Greg's. Yeah, they're cooking People Greg cook Wallace Greg. from MasterChef. How many pasties am I going to fill? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Anyway, what are we? What's happening? Are we still on the same film? Bloody hell! Born that's got legs. Tumnus. Goat's legs. That's got goat's legs. That's a bloody hell. Thanks a lot. We got some mileage out of that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you want one from me? Yes. Finding Grebo. 
Who's Grebo? I didn't know what a Grebo was. <laughs> this has been submitted by Emma. It's like Finding Nemo, but about Grebos. The whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking, have you just invented? Uh, have you invented a thing? Um, I thought about Greedo from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's not that guy. Oh, that'd be cool. Finding Greedo. That'd be finding Greedo would be great. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about, oh, and we'll never talk about that ever again. No. But but that would have been really good. <laughs> And probably sort of five or ten. Just really good stuff. Yeah. I can sort of see you riffing on it and me kind of saying something quite quick back. Yeah. And, oh, no, it would have been really good. But anyway, we're doing Finding Greba. <laughs> so I did a little bit of Googling, mate. Yeah. To find to sort of find out the origin of the Grebo. It's a word that's been in popular culture minimum 15 years. Wow. 15 years people have been chatting about Grebos. No one's ever said it near me or around <laughs> me. I've never even heard it in the street. <laughs> Do you want to hear a... If you're a fellow Grebo denier <laughs> like me, I'm, so, I'm on tenterhooks. Right. I've, I've got quite a heartbreaking urban dictionary entry for you here from August 21st, 2004. A Grebo is a person who listens to punk, rock, metal music and doesn't follow fashion trends. They don't usually class themselves as being a Grebo, but are assigned that title by trendy slash rudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's a rude? A rude boy. <laughs> yeah. What's a trendy? So you can be a trendy. People used to say townie. Yeah, and yeah, I never yeah. really knew what that was. Someone from a town. Yeah. What? But who? Townie. Who's calling him a townie? Village, of, village folk. Out of town. People that live in the local hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Hamleters. <laughs> Some of them may look quite threatening, but generally they're all around nice people, okay. and they resist starting fights or arguments with people who do follow trends. <laughs> However, if you were to ask one of them if they had anything against trendies or rude boys, their answer would seldom be no. Almost all Grebos have some kind of disliking towards trendies, mainly because they make their lives hell. <laughs> Abuse is held at them as they walk down the street, and they frequently get the crap beaten out of them for no reason other than the fact they are different. Grebos also seem to be fairly intelligent people. This is like some sort of David Attenborough observation yeah. of a different creature. If not, if not in one way, they are bound to be intelligent in another. This may contribute to why Grebos rarely start fights with trendies and rudes, because they are intelligent enough to know if they don't know that it won't solve anything. Grebos are alternative people who just want to be treated fairly. And now we see the rude. In its natural habitat, a Grebo, <laughs> avoiding conflict with a townie. A Grebo just sounds like a sweet, nerdy metaler. It's just like a, like a goth. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, we're straying into difficult territory there. You're telling me Robert Smith's not a Grebo. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a, he's a trendy. He's a dark card. Come what on. are you? I'm a rude. You're, a <laughs> <laughs> You're such a rude. You're such a rude. Um, What's the most rude behaviour you've ever done? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Have you ever worn a cap, baseball cap backwards? <sighs> nah, not for too long. Maybe, ever, maybe in front of a mirror before I left the house. And just shook your head and burnt yeah. the cap. <laughs> Put your polo net back on. Mm. Thanks for asking me, John. What's the most rude behaviour I've done? I once did buy a Nike TN Air cap. But I couldn't wear it with any conviction. What's a Nike TN air cap? Uh, if you don't know, mate, how can you call yourself a rude? <laughs> uh, What's a trendy? Just a guy who dresses well. Or... Yeah, we're not that, are we? No, we don't dress well. No. We dress fine. Are we Grebos? Mm, no. Just a couple of Grebos. I don't mind. Look, I, wouldn't mind. I think we should reclaim Grebos like people reclaimed like nerds. Step forward. Are you a... yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Proud to be We're Grebo. reclaiming Grebos. Grebo and proud. Grebo for life. I, honestly, this word didn't make sense to me, and now I've said it so many times, it's now, stopped making sense again. Now it's your whole yeah. reason for being. Grebo. So, so Grebo's gone missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's been chased out of town by a trendy Narude. No, I think... So the Grebo goes missing, and the trendy and the rude, 
they, they, they feel really, bad about what they've done. They realise that they're kind of like jibing and they thought it was tongue in cheek and a little bit fun. They didn't realise how much it was hurting the, the sensitive Grebo. Exactly. The trendy and the rude, they're mean to each other, but it's in a kind of fun way. A Grebo sounds like a fictional Edward Lear creature, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And so the Grebo's gone back to his hole. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, he's gone missing. And our trendy and our rude crews. Yeah. Go hunting for finding Grebo. They're finding Grebo. Yeah. And at one point, the Grebo is in a dentist's um, fish tank. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end, they all go to a Limp Biscuit gig. And everyone's like, there's something for everyone in this music. And they love it. Fred Durst is so trendy and rude. Because he's got his cap on backwards (laughs) and he's rapping, which the Rudes love. And he's wearing big shorts, which is the trendies love. And the Grebos love the new metal feel. And they just hug. And then they start oh. kissing and taking each other's clothes off. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> have you got another film for me, John? Yeah, what about this one from Rachel? Forest dump. A man is caught out whilst hiking. Oh, we have to have a poo in the woods. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh. What about this one from Daryl? Daryl tweeted a saying, an inverse version of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Which initially is a man growing old <laughs> right <laughs> so I, I saw this tweet so I pressed him on it yeah. and he responded with so in the universe this film takes place everyone ages the way Benjamin Button did in Benjamin Button but in this film Benjamin Button ages the way we do so still the ageing is the opposite way to everyone else okay there's a lot to process here have you seen Benjamin Button? no does he meet someone in the middle? like a romantic partner? probably okay and hang on explain so he's born old yeah. But small. Yeah, I'd never really got that bit. I don't, yeah. Was he found in a hedge or something? What? Well, I can't, you can't give birth to an old man. Can't you? You'd die. Yeah. How small does the old man have to That's be? That's what I'm wondering. How small do you have to be? What's the As biggest a- you can give birth to? My my great granddad was a stone when he was born. Shut the front door. Mm. That's but a you, lot, isn't you it? turn into a human eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I want that story. <laughs> I know he was a stone heavy. <laughs> like I, I, I was about, to, I was ten pounds. Yeah, we're was, big lads, mate. Yeah, the groves are big lads. They love it. That's they come out fully, pretty much fully pounds, formed, isn't it? A stone, yeah. Flipping out. Were you heavier? No, no. Just generally the listener. <laughs> I'd love to know if there's any heavier ones out there. I mean, if you're heavier than that, you're basically walking out. Yeah, aren't you? Your great, your great grandmother could have given birth to Benjamin. Apologies to the family. <laughs> that feels mean. Can you write that? Can you write them a card? I'm really, on on a podcast you've never heard. I insinuated that your great grandmother had the womb capacity for an old man. Well, I mean, she did. Um, oh, horrible! Really horrible. Didn't even ever meet the woman. Sorry. Right. What I don't understand about it is he's an old man becoming a baby. Their yeah. babies becoming old but reverse it doesn't really matter (laughs) surely you meet someone what about 35 (laughs) and they fall in love yeah oh and then there's a essentially what you're getting to there's a point where you're a (laughs) paedophile yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I didn't I don't know what happens then I don't know how they deal with that in the film or book I think it's based on a famous old book yeah it's um, a short story by old uh, Scott Fitzgerald oh that one the great Gatsby guy yeah 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 but yeah, you're right. There's a point where this becomes criminal. Yeah. And I don't know how we deal with that. Rega- no. Regardless of who's going which way. We don't deal with it. No, we that's a good point. Have you got another one? This one comes from Alice. 
Uh, she wants us to know how meta a Deadpool sequel we can physically make. I don't. What do you mean? Well, you know, like his whole he, thing. He like, would film it. Maybe. That's an idea. He would have a camcorder. The, he, and then you see him editing it. <laughs> It'd be so rubbish. It can't, if, it, if it went one, sec, one step more meta than it currently is, he would be an editing suite. Pointing at himself, <laughs> editing stuff, and then on the screen would be the shot of them in the editing suite, and then it'd be like he looked around at the camera, and then a shot of that would be on the screen in the editing suite, and it would never end, never end, and people would demand a refund from the front desk. They say, "What? What have Marvel done? Marvel have got so powerful now that they think they think that this 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 passes as a movie going experience." And then you turn around, and Deadpool sat next to you in the cinema, and he's going, "What's this shit?" And, you yeah. and then you look up, and that's on the screen. And you and then and then you, then you just start trying to claw your own eyes out because you just can't you can't take it anymore. You can't take it anymore. And then he's just swirling around your head, swirling around your head, and it's like an experiential secret cinema thing where you don't even know anymore. Even when you leave the screen, you're like, "Am I still in the fucking film?" You don't know anymore. That's how meta it could get. And you look in the mirror, and Deadpool yeah. looks back at you. <laughs> and then you're solving crime. You're fighting crime. You're like, "What's happened?" Um, anyway, that's probably about it. Would watch? Yeah, no. Would, would you? Would you experience that? <laughs> and it, anyway, yeah. Ten out of ten. Would watch with popcorn. Should we do our film ideas? Yeah, go on then. I've got E. Teenager. <laughs> e. T.'s gone back to his home planet. Yeah. Come back years later, a moody teenager. Is he's still got the hoodie? Obviously. Well, yeah. He can't. Convenient. He can't believe his luck. <laughs> uh, but he's gone around being a yob and happy slapping. with his big glowy finger oh he's a 90s teenager the way he happy slaps (laughs) is that he holds his finger out so it's sort of in the corner of your eye you're like what's that glow you go bang and he slaps you yeah (laughs) or he does he comes from behind you does the finger to one side you look that way oh he gets you the other do the fingers on both do it does he have a point like he's pointing guns I don't know (laughs) do both fingers glow on each seat there's a sequence there's a we've got Spielberg's number there's a western showdown sequence we can do with that <laughs> oh that's so good uh, he likes sitting on the back of bus of the bus and yeah. playing music out of his phone <laughs> and it's really horrible alien music that we don't really understand to us it sounds dubstep. like dubstep it's dubstep <laughs> yeah and so E.T.'s a teenager can, and he goes on the lash with the the kids from the first film for right does E.T. age at a different rate to us is it modern day yeah, it's modern now. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he's happy slapping. It's, That's yeah, really bad. Because um, you know how long it takes to beam back stuff to oh. other planets? <laughs> he's only just been hit with early 2000 teenage antics. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, so he loves Limp Bizkit. He loves Limp Bizkit. <laughs> and he is in Finding Grebo. So he makes a cameo in Finding Grebo, a gig. <laughs> Finding Grebo is the sequel to E-Teenager <laughs> where E.T. goes back to his home planet. Yep. There you go. <laughs> God. The amount of planning we put into these episodes, <laughs> it is phenomenal. We've got one of those like crime scene boards up on the wall. All the strings tie in. I've just, sorry, just, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. a great moment that we're having right now, Joe. I've just realised the Deadpool sequel you just described ends with the conversation we just had. Whoa. That's how meta it goes. Don't like it, mate. And then Deadpool walks in and shoots us in the head or something. I'd welcome it at that point. It'd be too much. <laughs> You'd be watching the film in the cinema. Yeah. Anyway, how do they film us discussing this? I'm, uh, uh, what's your one? Uh, this one is Rampage Jackson. The serum or whatever they use to make animals huge in the movie Rampage is used on MMA fighter Rampage Jackson. The Rock is said to take him down. How do you know so much about MMA? 
Um, I don't know a lot. I just know that there's a guy called Rampage Jackson. And um, at university... Was that his birth name? Yeah. And at university, I got really... I didn't get into MMA because I was... was, It's not for me, right? But I did really get into The Ultimate Fighter, which is like... It's like the Love Island of MMA. (laughs) Do you know what? Like, they're training up these wannabe fighters. And Rampage Jackson a professional MMA fight is one of the like coaches on it so I know him from great. that and at one point one of his guys loses a match and it's really fa- this a famous moment where he gets angry and he opens the door and he kicks it and he, his foot goes straight through it great. and I think he didn't I don't know whether the whole thing was like planned but the point where he kicked the door and his foot went through he was like I'm going to make some great TV and he just starts tearing this door to pieces oh, and wow. throwing it around it's amazing well The Rock could definitely stop him not when he's got the growth serum he's, he's the size of buildings now yeah, but he's the Rock. He does the. We've piece. seen that the Rock's not afraid of buildings in the film. <laughs> Skyscraper building. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's like you know I'm um, like Comic Con. There's just a Rock Con. That'd be great. He comes out and he's like, and 2020, I will be releasing the film Tall Building. <laughs> <laughs> More ten sequels. <laughs> um, How many floors? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, so yeah, the film ends with um, The Rock doing the people's elbow from the top of a building. <laughs> Amazing, straight through, and he splits in, and Rampage Jackson splits in half <laughs> down the middle. Ah, yes, that cool. Uh, that, that, well, well, that, that brings us to the end of the show, John. What's the winner this week? Oh, good question. We never do this. Finding Forest Grebo? Dump. Forest Dump. <laughs> it got the time it deserved, I think. <laughs> Anyway, we know it's the end of the show because there is a knock, knock, knock at the studio door. And coming into the studio, it's a giant hippo with a human face. Yeah. yeah. He's got some questions to ask. Joel, you told me you've got an excellent cinema-based story. Well, here's the thing. It's my birthday in two days on the day of release of this. Yeah. So it got me thinking about my birthday. (laughs) <laughs> it's weird how I make those connections in my brain. Yeah, uh, and uh, like, I just like to say, if anyone's listening, just you know, just send me some praise on my birthday. Really big me up, you know. Just sort of, I would say, list maybe sort of your top fifty things about me, maybe in a, a tweet thread. Just really, just chat about how great I am. Maybe share a gift that best sums up your feeling towards me. Yeah, just really go all out and, and celebrate my birthday. Gift based praise. Anything you've got, really, you know. If you want to send gifts, um, gifts or gifts, I would like both, if yeah. possible. I'd like one of those. Do you remember when they were really popular? Those memory card photo frames. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like one those. of those loaded with gifts. <laughs> Do you remember memory card photo frames? Yeah. What? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Absolute, absolute empire built on sand. Whoever was creating those. Anyway, uh, this podcast is brought to you by memory card photo frames. <laughs> the concept. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So, you got me thinking about a birthday trip I had to the cinema many moons ago I haven't thought about it in a long time but I think it's the source of all of my cinema going anxiety now I'm I'm sure you'll agree John I'm a pretty chilled out guy most of the time pretty yeah. laid back don't really worry about stuff yeah I breeze on by mm-hmm. you know I'm the sort of guy like if I step in a puddle I don't care I won't think about it even if I got wet up to say the upper shin wouldn't, mm. wouldn't worry about it you're mostly wet to the upper shin when I see you anyway if that's because I'm just stepping in puddles <laughs> without a care in the world my, head, my head's in the cloud my foot's in the puddle yeah. that's what they say about me <laughs> they do but when it comes to the cinema, I get really anxious. I worry about everything. I have to be there very early. Yeah. Very early. I have to be very early. Mm. I have to be there when it's still a black screen. You're talking my language. 
<laughs> but that's just because I'm always like this. You're like this about everything. Yeah. But I think in the Venn diagram of us, mm. which is probably why I do this podcast, the cinema is the thing. Yeah. So I'm very anxious. I'm always there super early. I don't like people like taking their shoes off or being that near to me. I hate people talking, being on their phones. All of like, the standard stuff really grinds my gears but yeah. I've got I'm quite ritualistic about going to the cinema and where, where I like to sit and the food I like to get and all of that stuff very ritualistic which I would never apply to any other part of my life you know I haven't got like a particular seat on a train or in a house or anything like that but cinema I do anyway no one in my family's like that no one in my family thinks this way about things at all they think it's perfectly acceptable to chat through stuff and generally you know be bad at this sort of thing and it came to a head I think when I was about 10 I think it was my birthday or maybe it was Christmas depends on the release of this film anyway <coughs> went to see Lord of the Rings yeah, it would have been Christmas, but that's fine. Okay. But it's a similar celebration of me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Joelsus. <laughs> Happy birthday, Joelsus. Um Went to the cinema and went to see Lord of the Rings. My mum's like, I don't worry, I booked the tickets, don't worry about it. Like, the tickets are booked, they've been booked so far in advance, we're so excited to see Lord of the Rings. Mum thinks this is no big film, like no one cares about Lord of the Rings. So we get there, she hasn't booked the tickets, so she's, what? she's gonna buy them. <sighs> we're in the front row, mate. Don't lie about that. We're not even all sat together. Oh no. We're in the front row. You're craning your neck. For sure. You're, you're going to walk out with a crick in your neck. Yeah. You ever had a crick in your neck, mate? No. <laughs> you never no, sat in the front no. row? Anyway, <laughs> so the tickets haven't been booked. So we're in the front row of Lord of the Rings. <sighs> Not even together. An awful time. Not even together. But I'm sat next to my mum. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I wish she'd, we'd got there five minutes later. I wouldn't be sat next to her for the next <laughs> thing that happened. Her phone starts ringing. All right. Yeah. And my mum tries to lie that it's her phone. And she just plays innocent. Like, oh, oh no, no, it's not my phone. Uh, it couldn't be my phone. It couldn't be my phone. Even though it's pitch black and there is a light emitting and shining from her handbag. And it happens maybe three times. Someone's clearly trying to get hold of her. And every time she's like, whoa, someone's got their phone on. What's going on here? It's just glowing and glowing and glowing. I feel really awkward. Everyone in the cinema is like, what's going on? You know, this is like opening day of Lord of the Rings. And then the fourth time, because she's had enough of everyone moaning, she just answers it. Fuck. Answers no. the phone. And that... No. that and the way I felt then, no. I think, is directly responsible for how I've behaved in the cinema ever no, since. I'm not happy with that. How does that make you feel? On edge? Awful. Yeah. I've, no. I haven't spoken to my mum since. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.